Yo, what's good, it's your boy, Sapri706. This week on this month's episode of the Committee Podcast, we have a special guest joining us from the Reduced Lunch Podcast, Don Snow, at Freddie Bricks on Twitter. We're going to break down the 10-year anniversary of Rick Ross's third studio album, Deeper in the Rap. We're going to hear different perspectives on different topics from myself, at SBReport706, Marcus underscore Sniffles, and of course, Freddie Bricks on the Reduced Lunch Podcast. Let us know what you think. Enjoy. Okay, so this is the 10-year anniversary of, you know, Deeper Than Rap. This is why Deeper Than Rap is important. Um, this was the album that saved, I won't even say saved Ross, because it's not like he was in trouble, but if you remember, people just found out at this time he was like a, a security cop or whatever it was, whatever, a, a CO, and uh, 50 was coming at him. 50 had lost a beef all the way up to this point. So this whatever album Ross was going to drop in the midst of this was very very important, and um from uh, and you could tell from DJ Toom the drummer boy you know what I'm saying the runners uh the Incredibles Justice League you know and of course DJ Khaled like he went and got everybody you know like it was like we finna put together a masterpiece, so this album was very important deep in the rap one of my favorites. And I kind of want to say what was the best what was the best line to me, in my opinion. I am O, excuse me. You know, that's very important in 2019. I am O, in my opinion. Um, it's only one song. I'm not going to say it's only one song that matters on this album. But if we going to be real, it's one song that matters on this album. It saved Ross's career. It made us look at him in a different light. It, it ended 50 Cent, and that is Mafia Music motherfucking mafia music <laughs> one of the best tracks of all time and right now I'm, I'm supposed to be picking the best track off of this cd and the best lyrics so fortunately for those listening i'm going to give you the best lyric from this not to, to me this is the best lyric of the whole album and this is the best song of the album and i guess i'll start just with the whole song you know when you when you when you deep in some rap shit, you know what I'm saying, historically, rappers are known to pull out, you know what I'm saying, that one verse. I'm thinking of Jay-Z when he came out of those volumes and um, figuring out what he was going to do next with his career and coming out with a dynasty intro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm not giving niggas a verse. Like, it, it ain't song, it ain't sing-song time right now. It, it, right now, it's like, nigga, can you rap or not? You know what I'm saying? I want to hear them bars. I want to hear them put together. So with this mafia music, you know, this nigga drop a video, and he just, like, in the Versace robe, you know what I'm saying, eating fruit and shit, and this is all coming off of, oh, it's, it's Ross a police officer, is he this, that. This is probably the most tried he was in his career, and to drop this in the middle of that shit, I got a feeling nigga really that might really be the root. You understand? Look up at the scar, she like, honey, where the roof? When I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, he getting into something. You know what I'm saying? Listen to my niggas whistling like Wiggy Williams. I flip my middle finger, I'm chilling on 20 million. You know, it's just the way he was kind of flipping these words in this song. You understand? They said Creflo prayed, Mike Vick paid, Bobby Brown straight, Whitney lost weight, Kimbo slice on the pad when I write. That Mayweather money looking funny in the light. You know, you come at Mayweather. Okay, at this point, Ross was like, okay, I'm going to have to bring the hood out. You know, all this, you know, I've, I've done luxury shit. I've done this, that, and the third. But people people got to understand Ross come from the streets. Like, Ross is a hustler, but for real, for real. You know, Ross was in the street. This coming from, you know, somebody from Florida. He was in the street. Like, real shit. The best line from this song. Um, 
what 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 do you say? Homicide is zooming, nigga looking funny. Women love to stare cause they know they see the money. I open up a mind by opening bank accounts. Deposit a hundred stacks, break up, now take it out. You understand? Like we gotta break down those bars. Like I open up a mind by opening bank accounts. You know what I'm saying? Like deposit a hundred stacks, break up, now take it out. You know, he tell you right there, you know what I'm saying? We break up. This is what I expect you to do. You understand? We break up you to take it out. And this is where the best line of the whole album came in with me. He say, baby, that's a gift. Maybe you could live. I knew it wouldn't work, but I just like to give. I think once he got it, that was the, you got to think, man. It ain't nothing but five more, six more bars after he said that. So I felt like. I felt like Ross came up with that line when he first started writing this joint, and it was one of them lines where he was like, "I'm this is the climax, like I'm I'm pushing this one to the end," and and lines like that are very important, you know what I'm saying, when you're writing a song, because he had all of these magnificent lines, you know, previous to that, and at the end it was just like, you know what, this is how I feel, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna give you this. I know we gonna break up. You could take it out. I knew this shit wouldn't work, and I just like to give. So that is my favorite line of that whole album. Uh, I love Deeper Than Rap. You know, um, I can't wait to hear to see where you guys think this thing ranks. Uh, I wouldn't put it number one on his discography, um, but it's pretty high. It's definitely it's definitely top three because of the significance of it. You know what I'm saying? I definitely like two or three other Ross albums front to back more than this one. But, I, but Mafia Music is one of my favorite Ross records, period. You understand? So that alone, it kind of takes the cake for me. So I definitely want to hear y'all thoughts on it. What's up, y'all? It's Marcus Sniffles from the Community Podcast. This uh, week, we're going to be reviewing an album that has reached its 10-year anniversary, and that is Rick Ross's Deeper Than Rap. came out in 2009. Um, I'm going to be discussing which song I would take off and which song had the best feature. Um, I'll get the the negatives out of the way first. Uh, There's a lot of really strong songs on this album, listening back to it. There's a lot of strong features on this album, but one of the features that didn't rub me the right way was uh, All I Really Want with The Dream. Now, just listening to the production on it, it sounds kind of muffled and that beat and the dreams falsetto on it just do not mesh well. It's just doesn't sound great. Um, I think there might have been some kind of production issue or a mixing issue. I kind of expected better because it's, uh, it was produced by, I believe it's tricky Stewart, And he is someone that works with the dream like they pretty much do full-length albums together so it's not like they don't have chemistry or anything like that and he doesn't know how to make the dream sound good on the record like you can listen to any of the dreams you know his first three albums pretty sure were all produced by tricky stewart and they all sound all the songs sound really good to great this one just missed the mark to me i just it's hard to listen to and i feel like it doesn't really fit the style of the album sonically at least uh right now listening to it i don't know how i felt about it back then but listening to the chorus it sounds a bit dated 
like almost child childish, you know, like it's just um it's almost like Rick Ross was trying to force a, a radio single. Like it was one of the singles, but it when a song sounds like it's for the radio, it just kind of it stands out like a Thor song in the track listing of an album or in the flow of an, of an album. Like you can listen to it. The album's going good. It has that same like luxury sound that, you know, that rich flowing, you know, Maybach music sound. And then all of a sudden, all I really want pops out and just like, oh, this doesn't, this doesn't sound like everything else that I just listened to. And it doesn't really sound like everything I've listened to after this. Um, let me see. Yeah, just it doesn't match. It doesn't match or mesh sonically at all. Um, and it, it is disappointing because, like I said, the Dream and Stewart make great music together. Rick Ross and any R&B artist sound great together. This was just this was just a miss. And sometimes it happens. You know, you can't have every every song can't be a hit. Every song can't be a classic. And a lot of really good albums have a song where you're just like, nah, that that's not that's not it, bro. And I would nominate All I Really Want by The Dream as a song that if I was to retroactively remove it from an album, it would be that one. Now, I'm also uh, talking about the, the best feature from this album. And I went back and I really listened to every feature on this album from like Nas to Robin Thicke, John Legend, Gunplay, Neo, Trina, uh, who else was on here? T-Pain, Lil Wayne. Uh, magazine. <sighs> I feel like there's only one answer to it, and it's Kanye West's feature. But I really gave those other uh, songs a listen, especially like Nas and John Legend was actually really close to being my choice. But I feel like, like I said, Rick Ross and um, about any R and B singer on a on a on a hook is like that's magic. Uh, but I just feel like Kanye West really stood out on his verse. Maybe it's because he went first. Uh, he was talking cash shit, as he does. And he, he's also coming off of uh, 808s and Heartbreaks. And this was right before My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out. So maybe there are people back then who were kind of kind of forgot, like, hey, Kanye West isn't really a rapper, rapper like that. Like he's he just dropped the album where all he was doing was singing about how hurt he was and harmonizing and using auto tune all the time. And maybe this was his reintroduction to the uh, the rap game, saying like, "Hey, if you need bars, I will still get you. You know, I still got it. I can still." And he was, and this was before he put out arguably his best album. Um, I mean, there's just a a lot of swag that he has just. It basically saying that you can talk all the all the negative things that you would say about Kanye West when it comes to like how he looks, his aesthetic, uh, the tightness of his clothes or the, the colors and all that might be true. But when he goes out, he still gets hoes, like no matter what, he'll still pull more hoes than you. Doesn't matter how he looks or what he wears. He's got that kind of uh, swag, that kind of confidence and it really doesn't matter what you say about him. The, the numbers don't lie and he gets results when it comes to, you know, in and outside of the booth. I mean, he's literally talking shit, but uh, there are 
there's one bar in there where he he says, you know, the this lifestyle, it it is a fast lifestyle, but it can backfire on you if you're not careful. It's kind of a a little bit of a warning to anybody who has, you know, I guess ambitions or dreams or goals of wanting to to live the life of like a a famous rapper a drug dealer you know any anything like that just you know just even starting all the stunting is gonna ruin you like that's the second bar in the song like he's letting you know like hey i'm living like this but this life ain't for everybody it's almost uh akin to say like a scarface movie or any of the uh mafia movies were or drug dealer movies like the one with johnny depp a uh, blow where it's just like you know getting into the life everybody wants to get into life everybody wants to live that life they all see the fancy the flashy lifestyle but you don't see what happens when you've gone too far with it and he doesn't really explore that aspect of it but he does at least acknowledge like hey living this life could lead you down you know a wrong path or a bad path and and it's I give Kanye West a lot of credit because even listening to this song that came out 10 years ago, back then the hashtag flow was a really big thing. And listening to it now compared to other songs that used to use that a lot, it doesn't sound as corny as as I as it does now. Like the way he uses it, it makes more sense and it's it just sounds better and it's uh the, the quality of the verse towards the end when he starts using it heavily, it doesn't sound cheesy. Uh, like if you go back and listen to some old uh, Big Sean records back then, or even Ludacris, even like some of Drake's old records when he used it, it was just like, it's it's cringeworthy now. But listening to Kanye West 10 years later, it it works for me. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm cutting Kanye West a break. Maybe I'm shooting him some bail, but when he used the hashtag flow in this song, it worked for me. And for, for Kanye West to really stand out on a, on a track that had Rick Ross. And at that time, Lil Wayne, who was the biggest rapper going, cause he was just coming off of the Carter three, which was, I mean, if you were around that bet, I hate them. That makes me sound super old, but if you were around 10 years ago, when the Carter three came out, that was the biggest album in the world. So for Kanye West to get back on a song and outshine an artist with the 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 caliber and popularity of a little Wayne, I think that says a lot to Kanye West's talent and abilities. And I and like I said, I, I really think that he was trying to prove himself again, just coming off of an album where he wasn't really rapping a lot, where he wasn't he showed off his writing ability, but he wasn't showing off his lyrical, you know, rappy rapping ability. But this was a song. So just to recap, Deeper Than Rap, Rick Ross, 10-year anniversary. You got to get that dream record out of here. That dream record is corny. It sounds like some, you know, a new edition throwaway from 1987. Like, that's not what I want to hear from Rick Ross or uh, The Dream. And the best feature, hands down. Without a doubt, Kanye West. Peace. What if I told you that Rick Ross would do songs with Neo and Dead Sloth 
Which would you say without hearing any other information? Which song would be better? What's good? It's your boy, Southbreeze 706 from the Community Podcast. Today we're giving you all a little 10-year anniversary review of Rick Ross's Deeper Than Rat, which was released 10 years ago, April 21st, 2009, which happens to be my birthday. So shout out to me. So the things that I'm going to go over in my portion, shout out to Marcus Sniffles and Freddie Beats from the Juice Lunch Podcast for holding it down in their section. But I'm going to go over uh, production highlights and lowlights, MVP, Most Valuable Producer, and the legendary Maybach music songs. I'm going to rank them. My personal rankings, don't slander me. Let me know what yours are. Let me know on Twitter at South, or SB Report 706 Alright, so we're going to go through, first of all, the highlights and the lights of Deep in the Rap, production-wise. So I've been listening to this album pretty much all week, just to kind of get a, another feel for it. I've listened to it multiple times, so it's been a little while before I had in rotation. So if you go through the track listing, it's a pretty solid album overall. But honestly, there there's a couple songs I could live without. Uh, so the intro Mafia music is pretty strong, produced by The Incredibles. Uh, Maybach Music 2, strong track, Justice League held it down on this album, uh, producing four tracks. You have Yacht Club, which was interesting, also produced by Justice League. Honestly, I think that production saved the song. The concept was interesting, but I could kind of live without all the, you know, Jamaican accents yelling in the background and whatnot, but it's all good. Uh, then you have Usual Suspects. It's, it's a cool song. I can rock with the Can't Be Mad at Nas and Rick Ross. So here here's where I'm conflicted. Uh, all I Really Want features one of my favorite R&B artists. I won't say singer because he can't really sing in real life. The Dream. It's a, it's a pretty different track, but I rock with Tricky Stewart and The Dream. So I'll, I'm going to go ahead and say that's not going to be my low life. Low light, I'm sorry. I'm a low life, but not the not the album. So next, which I will go with my production highlight, produced by the Justice League, Rich Off Cocaine. Shout out to Avery Storm with some hook on that. I need to really look up where that guy is at because I listened to that track. I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. Like, if it weren't for the explicit drug and sex lyrics, this is the type of song I would play on Sunday mornings or Saturday mornings. I'm cleaning the house when I have kids in like 10 years. Like, it's, it's, it's. Justice League is masterful what they do with with production and samplings and live instruments so that that's gonna be my production highlight for this album let me know what you think as well Layback, I'm not gonna lie until I pulled up this track listing I didn't realize that was Robin Thicke shout out to him for fumbling the uh, Paula Patton bag and shout out to him for getting a Paula Patton lookalike that doesn't look as good alright so here we go track number 9 Murder Mommy featuring Foxy Brown yeah, this is going to be my uh, production low light all across the board. The song is produced by uh, Big D, and then you have Foxy Brown as the featured artist. I'm not going to lie, I could live my life without ever hearing this song again. I, it just doesn't, to me, it just doesn't fit. Um, I get him taking it back, Foxy Brown, getting a little New York connection. I'm not going to lie, I don't know if this guy any playing in New York. I'm about to holler at New York Twitter, but it, it, it wasn't a great song. I... I mean, you could I, you could have saved me that three minutes and thirty four seconds of my life. I I skip it every time I play the album now. So, uh, continuing with the album, I finish up with Gunplay featuring Gunplay. Um, if you haven't listened to any of Gunplay's albums, he he's actually a pretty good rapper. He's an interesting fellow uh, from 
originally from New York, but uh, hails in South Florida. So definitely go check out some of Gunplay's albums. Uh, Boss Lady featuring Neo, I can live without that. Face featuring Trina, I can also live without that. Valley of Death is cool, and Clove Blood is super hard. So I like how you close out the album. Uh, definitely uh, taking shots at your boy 50 Cent. So that will be my uh, highlights and lowlights production-wise. So this is going to be easy one. Most valuable producer. Obviously, it's going to be the Justice League who produced one, two, three, four, four songs in this album. Uh, one being my production highlight, which is Rishoff Cocaine. Shout out to Avery Star. So, yeah, Justice League, they're really good with what they do production-wise as far as bringing that. They, they kind of take you to a place sonically where you feel like that you're maybe in a, I don't know, a club back in the 70s or or 80s. A lot of big brass sounds. Uh, sounds more like they have a live band than actual just, you know, sampling off records, so... Uh, I appreciate what they do putting that together because again, if you if you do make music or earn a production or even play an instrument, it, it takes a lot of time and effort and uh, skill to produce tracks that sound that beautiful. Like if you were to remove the rap lyrics, you could probably just play their beats. I'm sorry, their tracks. I'm not gonna disrespect the music by calling them just beats, but play their tracks, play their music just to, for people that outside the rap game. And I feel like they could appreciate the beauty of what they do musically. So, shout out to Justice League. So, the part that I, I had the most fun with or I found more, most interesting uh, in this process was going through uh, the, the Maybach Music, uh, I guess, collection, if that's what we're going to call it. So, you guys aren't hip to game. Uh, Rick Ross has a series of tracks titled Maybach Music spanning five of his albums so um, I'm just gonna go through all five Maybach music tracks give a little quick highlight and lowlights on them and, and some thoughts on them and then I'm gonna give you my personal ranking of the Maybach music collection so let me know what you think of my ranking and let me know your ranking you can add me at sbreport706 on Twitter so we're gonna go with uh, Maybach music the original uh, produced by Justice League Again, they hold it down every time with the production. Uh, the song is 4 minutes and 8 seconds, and it features Hove, Jay-Z, you know, Beyonce's husband, whoever you want to call him these days. And it's from his album, Triller. So, number two, we're going to go with, uh, it's produced by Justice League, 4 minutes and 59 seconds long, featuring Kanye West, Lil Wayne, and it's from Deeper Than Rap. So, you see that track listing, you're like, wow, you got Kanye West, and Lil Wayne, probably at the time, two of the biggest rappers of that era or that time, if you're trying to, you know, get a feature to pop off. Um, I feel like it was a, a bit much. Also featuring T-Pain, goodness gracious. So you had the, the hook guy T-Pain on the track as well. So uh, there, it's, it's seemingly no way that that track, it, it, it was bound to be successful just by the, the star power on the track. What I did find interesting is, though, uh, once we get to Maybach Music Part 3, it is a uh, quite big of a change of how the end of that track goes. But I'll get to that in a second. So, yeah, Maybach Music Part 3, also produced by the Justice League, 4 minutes and 26 seconds long. And you have features T.I., Jadakiss, Erica Badu.
from the album Teflon Don. So the only thing that really stuck out in my head when I listened to this, I think the features weren't bad. I think they were pretty cool. I honestly feel that due to star power or just name recognition that they put Jada Kiss on there. But I honestly think Styles P would have been a better fit for this track. And you can't go wrong with Erica Badu on the hook. So we're going to move to Maybach Music Part 4 uh, from God Forgives I Don't. 5 minutes 14 seconds featuring Neo. And I'm not going to lie, until I ran back and listened to this track, I forgot it existed. Again, from, from the top, I, I asked you a question. If you heard a song featuring Rick Ross and Neo versus Rick Ross versus Dejlope, you'd probably say the Neo song would sound better. Wrong. This song had potential. The potential was there. I see what they were trying to do, but Neo just didn't fit. It just didn't work out. Like, I think the end of the song where Neo's part was repeated with the uh, the hook was, sonically it was pretty good. I think it sounded really smooth, but it was kind of like, eh, well, we're just going to try this at the end and see, it, see how it sounds, see how it works. But to me, honestly, it didn't stick with me. This, this to me, feels like a forgettable throwaway track. With all the slander I'm giving this, I can think you guess where I will rank this Maybach music, but let's continue. Maybach music part five. Interestingly enough, this is the only Maybach music song in the series that was not produced by Justice League, but it still bangs. So, <clears throat> Maybach Music 5 is producers Buddha, Buddha and Grands, Buddha and Grands, sorry guys, and uh, Beat Butcher, length 5 minutes and 22 seconds from Rather You Than Me, which is, to me in 2019, probably the best album that's come out in the last two years to me personally. And without further ado, I'm gonna give you guys my ranking of all five Maybach music tracks. I'm gonna start from the bottom. So, as I said earlier, Maybach music part four to me was very forgettable. Neo on the hook seemed like a waste. Like, I mean, honestly, like you, you could have got a guy like Avery Storm who's not a big name to give you probably more value, more bang for your buck. Like him on Rich on Cocaine is like, it's it's a song I can never get sick of hearing. Like I feel like I play that any time of the day, night, and, and, and catch good vibes off of it. So we're gonna rank Maybach Music Part 4 is my fifth least best song from the Maybach Music series. Uh, So we'll go with, for me, Maybach Music Part 3 is gonna be my fourth ranked in the series. And it's not that it was bad, per se. It's just, like, I don't necessarily think it was as great as the other ones. Like, I'm not going to sit here and try to make up things about that was wrong. They have to be ranked. That's just where it goes. The next for me is going to be Maybach Music Part 2, which I'll rank third, featuring T-Pain, Lil Wayne, and Kanye West. So, again, with, with the star power in the song, I said it couldn't fail. You will wonder why it's not higher. To me, honestly, I think that it was too much star power having Kanye West, Lil Wayne uh, on the track. Like, I get it. I get what you were trying to do, like marketing wise, big names, you know. But honestly, I think the track could have been carried with just, you know, Kanye West or just Lil Wayne or maybe just Rick Ross. Like, just, just have the balls to go out of here by yourself. Like, you don't, you, to a lot of people, you're a, a top tier rapper. You're very consistent with your product. I don't think there's any need for you to throw on two of the hottest rappers in the game at that time like really stand on your own to show what you're about 
And interestingly enough, with this one, back to my, my old point with the uh, Maybach Music Part 2, which he closed it out with Little Wayne, he went back on Maybach Music Part 3 and he closed out the track. To me, at the end of the production of Maybach Music Part 3, it's doing a bit much trying to make uh, Rick Ross's verse sound super grandioso, super big, changed up the beat a little bit. I'm like, just, just come in and rap. Like, you got the skills, you got the talent. I don't need any special bells and whistles for your verse. Just go out and do your thing. So, number two for me, and, and this is going to throw a lot of people off, is Maybach Music Part 5 with Rick Ross and Des Loaf. So, again, you hear a song saying, hey, we have a song Rick Ross and Des Loaf or Rick Ross and Neo, which is going to sound better? A lot of people are probably going to check the Rick Ross Neo box just because, you know, Neo's good to make a hit. But part of the reason that Maybach Music Part 5 is number two to me is because it's not supposed to work. There is no way in hell somebody should put Rick Ross and Dave's Loaf on a track and it should sound as good as this song sounded. Like when I was going through listening to Deeper the Rap and I saw this on the track list and I'm like, all right. So we're just going to keep dragging this Maybach music thing around, like, we're just going to keep doing this, like, we're not going to put any effort into it, like, Dej Loaf of all people. Like, you start out initially with Jay-Z, one of the top MCs in history of the game, and now you're giving us Dej Loaf. Like, what, what are we doing here, Rick Ross? But, surprisingly, they deliver a great track. Very smooth, uh, very uh, sultry, I guess. Easy on the ears, great bass line. Ross delivers great verses and, and, and raps as usual. And a day's loaf on the hook was it was impressive. It's not what I thought it would be. Like I'm not gonna lie, I, I thought it was gonna be some uh, you know some try me shit with some bars. You know what I'm saying? But I, whoever the the producers that put that together, shout to uh, Buddha Buddha and Grand's Beat Butcher. I sound crazy saying that, but it is what it is. But yeah, they they really took. They pretty much took all the scraps in your refrigerator and, and made a gourmet meal out of it. Not calling Dez low scraps, I kind of just did, but that's how I would equate that. And again, being that this was the first track in the series of the Maybag Music Collection that wasn't made by Justice League, it's also impressive that they seemingly took that type of risk, bringing Dez Loaf on the track after having a slew of legendary rappers, Kanye West, Little Wayne, T.I., Jada Kiss on those songs to bring in, you know, a new artist from Detroit, to me is very impressive. Of course, last but not least, the original Maybach music featuring Jay-Z is going to be number one, because why? It's Jay-Z and Rick Ross. Can't go wrong with that. It's the one that set all this off in motion. And I think that they kind of missed an opportunity. Like, if you go back and reimagine Maybach music, like let's say I had like the Infinity Stone, like the Time Stone, I can go back. If I was like an A and R or a producer, I would have pitched like Maybach Music to be a you know essentially Watch the Throne with Jay Z and Rick Ross. Like give me ten tracks of Justice League produced Maybach Music felt theme songs, and, and I think that's an instant classic. Like Rick Ross and Jay Z on a track haven't produce anything this bad so I, I just don't see why a long-term not long-term but a, a larger scale collaborative project has not been done make that happen so this is my takes on deep in a rap 10 year anniversary 
Let me know what y'all think. Let me know what you think of my ranking of uh, the Maybank music tracks. I feel like you can ask 10 different people, get 10 different answers. So definitely hit me up at SBReport706 on Twitter. Check out the committee podcast every Monday. Shout out to Reduce Lunch for hooking us up and uh, helping us out with this uh, little special bonus episode for y'all. We out. Peace.